us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Did you know that the believer, the born again, is entered into a race? I'm Terry Knight, the pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in, and I trust as always that you're going to be blessed as we walk through the Word of God together here for the next several moments. We're going to begin a brand new teaching this week. Uh, It's a bit of a series that we'll be in probably for a couple of weeks. We've titled this, Get Rid of It. And as we stated at the outset of the program tonight, we're going to talk about a race, a race. And we're going to talk about spring cleaning. There's all kind of things we're going to discuss in this particular teaching. It's based in Hebrews chapter 12. And in fact, I'm going to read one verse in your hearing and we're going to jump right on into that. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1, the record puts it this way. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us, us, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I trust the word us has jumped out at you quite a bit as we've read through that particular verse together. Now let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for each one that's turned on the telecast. And I pray that by your word you would speak to our hearts. And we'll thank you, we'll praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, you hang around. I'm going to be back here in just a little while to wrap things up and perhaps tell you a thing or two that I would suggest you need to know. God bless. Just around the corner. Just around the corner. Actually, next, is it next Saturday? March 20th? Something to do with the Equinots, Equinoi, whatever that is. But that's next, this coming week, thank the Lord. For this year in particular, I'm talking about the last 12 months specifically, after months of shutdowns and shut-ins and shut-ups, Are we ready for some sunshine and some good news and some semblance of normal? Praise the Lord. That ought to get an amen out of you if you've never amened in your life. And now that you know how to do that, I was able to tour again historic Williamsburg just days ago with my daughter and some of my grandchildren and another gaggle of homeschoolers. And part of that excursion included the fortified settlement of Jamestown. I've been around Jamestown oodles of times over the years, but I've never been able to go in and actually uh, view it with my own eyes, see what was going on. Pilfering through those 
rustic log structures reminded me, you know, listen up, it reminded me just how clean and uncluttered our modern homes are. Now, let me say very quickly, we still have clutter. But we've gotten smart about it. We keep it in a cabinet, especially if company's coming over. We keep it in a closet, amen? Or we put it in the basement. If you have a basement, those basements come in handy. Number one on your study notes, I'm headed there right now. And if you're new to new life, you should have received those notes coming in. We really do actually fill those things out uh, during the message on Sunday morning. Quite a bit uh, later than the Jamestown uh, origination, perhaps in the early 1800s, it became a ritual necessity to do spring cleaning. Any of you familiar with spring cleaning? You know what I'm talking about. You ever heard of spring cleaning? The reason they did that primarily is because everything was coated in soot and ash and whale oil, if you please, because their heating sources at that time uh, come uh, depended on those things, and those things make a mess, especially that whale oil. Don't you hate using that? I know I do. With the discovery of central heat, or some centralized heat source, we don't have so much soot and ash to dispose of anymore. We still have dust bunnies, but not so much soot and ash, but we still engage something similar to, look at your neighbor and say similar to, something similar which vastly resembles taking used less, now I didn't say useless, but used less objects from the cabinets and putting them in the closets. <laughs> and likewise, transferring last year's closet stuff down to the basement. And at some point, unbeknownst to me, but only God knows, I guess we transport that stuff down into the basement and then from the basement either to the goodwill or to the green boxes, or some of it ends up in the nursery at the church. I don't know how that happens, but it's a miracle. <laughs> now listen, I am not so much concerned about what you do with your personal debris or clutter. In fact, I could care less. It's yours. Do with it as you will. But I do want to investigate with you this morning the idea of spiritual spring cleaning. That's what we're all about here is all things spiritual. Fill in number two with me. Spiritual spring cleaning is not without precedent. You Old Testament scholars will recall that it's linked to a particular Jewish feast day. Now, these aren't just feasts that the Jews got together. So, you know what? I think it'd be a good idea if we took off work a couple hours. So, we're going to establish this feast. These feasts come from God and they're all very, very important. In particular, this one that we know as Passover. It was in commemoration of their liberation from Egyptian bondage or servitude. So sometime in March or April, what we would refer to as March or April, a significant component of this great feast is a thorough sweeping of the home in order to remove any trace of yeast. 
Does that sound weird to you? The Old Testament is full of types and shadows. This will help you tremendously to know and understand this. It's full of types and shadows, illustrations, uh, symbols, if you please. And yeast is a type and shadow, a symbol of sin. So God is saying to these people, I want you to sweep your house and get rid of all semblance of yeast, which represents what? Sin. You see the significance of that? Now, today we like to, what, to have festivals where we embrace sin. But that's not God. God doesn't think like the average person does. By the way, if you want to read more about that, go to Exodus chapter 12. We're not going to do that this morning. And that did not appear on your study notes, I don't think. You may want to write it on there somewhere. It's very interesting. I also found it interesting that even in Iranian or Iranian culture, depending on how you want to say that, they memorialize a holiday that is called, watch this, you'll want to share this with your friends around the water cooler. It's called Kune Takini. Sounds like, is that your bikini? So I don't know. But tuna, kune tikini, I'm sure I'm masquerading. I'm sure I'm not saying that correctly. But here's what it means. Check this out. It means shaking the house. Shaking the house. Brother Jeff, I just couldn't help but think about what you and I do so often. Is as our wives, when they vacuum the house, we empty the bag. Say amen right there. Yeah, you take, my wife's got one of these little jobbers that you, I don't know what you call it, like a little vacuum cleaner. I like it because it is little and you can vacuum the car with it and it has a little bag in it and it befalls me on occasion to take that out in the backyard and I literally shake the house out of that bag. Are you with me? You're like, no, there went my recliner. <laughs> no, I'm kidding about it. Shaking the house. In similar fashion, the Chinese engage a spring festival that has them decluttering, watch this, in order to get rid of bad luck so there's more space for good fortune. Now, number three on your notes. I do not, and it's important for me to, that you know, I do not ascribe to luck in any way, form, or fashion, even if you are a golfer. But I am struck by the sentiment here of getting rid of something unnecessary or even injurious in order to make room for something better and more helpful. I think I've suggested on your notes that that is meritorious or perhaps I I should say it's commendable, okay? Now, here's what I felt impressed to teach you just a little bit of this morning. By the way, this is the beginning of a series, and I'm just laying some groundwork, but I'm going to talk to you about decluttering. Everybody say decluttering. Now, you know all about cluttering, amen? But we're talking about decluttering, uncluttering. I want you to think in terms through this series Think in terms of the dust, quote unquote, that tends to settle upon our spiritual disciplines. Our spiritual disciplines. By the way, the old Quakers, even the recent evangelical ones, 
used to, I remember this in my lifetime, I'm sure Pastor Harley and uh, Reva and some others remember this, but they, we used to endure this annual soul searching known as what, Reva, do you remember? Can you say queries? The queries. Now, that sounds so queer to us, doesn't it? The, the queries. It, as in inquiry. Are you with me? Inquiry, inquiry. It was a series of uh, accountability questions. Each individual member had to answer uh, about five different soul-searching questions. Then the, uh, the leadership of the church would go through those and answer them. Then as a church, we would answer them. Back years ago, I thought it was a good idea not to do that anymore. Now I'm not so sure. Listen again to our text passage. Chapter 12, verse 1, the middle part of the verse. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Did you know that the believer, the born again, is entered into a race? When you hook up with the Jesus team, for a lack of a better way of saying it, you are automatically entered into, consequentially entered into a race. How so, Pastor T? We all understand, I trust we all understand, a physical race is a contest by which the participants, whether it's two, three, dozen, whatever the case might be, but the participants are vying to run from point A, the start, to point B, the finish, and they attempt to do that first before all the others in order to be declared the winner. We run in order to outrun the others and win. Are you with me? Does that make sense? Number four on your study note, spiritually spiritually if it isn't underlined underline it if it is underlined underline it again spiritually it's not so much that we are attempting to defeat the other participants yeah i'm more spirit spiritual than you i won give me a cry i'm the i am the man it's not so much that as it is that we are resolved to finish to complete the course before us so many fail to complete the course before us. As a pastor of nearly 41 years now and a believer much longer than that, one of the things that grieves my soul is for people to come in to the church fellowship and they're all excited about that for a while and then all of a sudden you miss them. You call them, you contact them or you try to only to find out they've dropped out of the race. Don't want to have anything to do with this any longer. Trust me when I tell you if a pastor's worth his salt, he loses sleep over that. Don't tell me you shouldn't do that, pastor, because that's what we do. That's why we're instructed to run with perseverance. Say that with me, perseverance. The original word for perseverance, I put this before you so many times. The Bereans have looked at this up one side and down the other, hupomene. And, and the long and the short of it is endurance. Endurance. Watch this. It is a patient enduring. How many of you know life requires some patient enduring? Hmm? 
certain aspects of it even more than others. All of a sudden, we are uh, here at New Life. We're going through that wonderful season again where we have little babies running all over the place. And some of you are looking back at me. You're saying, hey, Pastor, you're bragging about just losing one hour of sleep last night. What if you hadn't slept in six months like us mommies? Been there. I remember when Donna used to have to do that. (laughs) Try not to wake me up, baby, when you get up like that in the middle of the night to feed the baby. Patient enduring. Part of that definition is steadfastness. One of my sons, I'm not going to call any names, but his initials was Justin. (laughs) He purposed to run track in high school to the two-mile event. He did that on purpose. The two mile. Let me tell you something. If I'm running two miles, it's because I'm in peril of life or limb. Say amen right there. But he did that. And I was impressed. In fact, I've been impressed with my children from the day they were born. When it popped out, I'm like, I am impressed. But this, this impressed me all over again. Listen, he never won any of the events he ran in. I'm not sure he ever placed in any of the events that he ever ran in. He said, Pastor, why were you impressed about that? Cause, listen, he never quit. Not one contest did he quit. He never stopped short of the finish line. And if you know my Justin, you know that when you look at him, he was built for comfort, not speed. Can I get a hallelujah right there? He never quit. He always completed the course, all two miles of it. Now listen, in this race that Paul is referencing, that is the picture that's before us. Are you picking up what I'm putting down, church? Fill in number five with me. For the believer. Now, I'm not just talking about someone that says in their head, oh, I believe there's a God. You know the big man out there in the sky somewhere. I'm talking about people that have confessed their sins, repented of their sins, opened up their heart's door and invited Jesus Christ to come in by Holy Spirit. They're born again. They are spirit-filled. When I say believer, that's what I'm talking about. For the believer, finishing is winning. How cool is that? Finishing is winning. The end, the goal, the finish line is eternity in heaven with our Father, God Almighty, and His Son, Jesus the Christ. Consider this also. Actually, technically, We are running this race, all of us. We're running this race, all of the believers. We're running this race together by serving our unique individual roles. I love that God in his word likens his forever family to a body. We We all have a body. Amen. You may not like the one you have, but you have one. So you have a living illustration, a physical illustration of what the body of Christ is. I love that. And together, we come together doing our individual, according to our individual gifting, and we work together to run this race. How many of you know that every physical race has its boundaries or parameters? 
You have a start line, right? You have a finish line, right? And you have a, spe a specified course. You can't just run all over creation. Oh, I, I won, I won, I was in the race. The believer's life race is no different. We have a set course, course marked out for us. Here it is. We have a set course marked out for us. The Bible, the Word of God. And I told you that to tell you this, beloved, we can't just run amok with no sense of direction or no recognition of the end goal or with no recognition of God's finish line. Whose finish line? God's finish line. Another one of my children, this, this is, I'm featuring uh, Father Terry Day today. This is National Father Terry Day. Did you know that? Check your calendar. You thought it was just daylight savings time. Another one of my children, Again, I'm not going to call any names, but one of my daughters <laughs> once made me very proud and very rich. We entered, Barbie, I mean, uh, uh, one of my daughters, <laughs> into a crawling contest or a race, if you please. True story, true story. The prize was a month's supply of Pampers. Uh, you get it. I'm telling you, buddy, uh, that makes you a rich man for a month. Yes, it does. Here's how this thing works. In fact, I think Pampers was sponsoring this, and it was held at, as my mother would say, at the food lion, okay? They had this little mat thingy set out like a track thingy, and uh, here's the way it worked. One of the parents, and in our case, Sister D got on the, at the start line with little Barb and, and, uh, and Pasta T was on the other end at the finish line to, uh, to receive our little winner. The command was given, on your mark, get set, go. And I'm telling you, pandemonium set in. Babies scattered all over the food line. You've never seen anything like it. Except the one, except the one, the one baby, the most beautiful little girl ever born. Sorry, other girls. <laughs> but she made a beeline for her daddy, finishing the race, not only finishing the race, but winning the race and enriching me with a, an entire month's supply of pampers. Now, I didn't need them, but she did, trust me. We still, at close family gatherings, still refer to her as Pootie, and I'll leave the rest of that to your imagination. I'm sorry I said that. Sorta. You know why she won that? Primary reason why she won is, watch this, she kept her eye on the prize for once in my life. I was a prize. That's what I'm talking about. I was the prize. She kept her eye on the prize. The other crawlers, watch this. There's a subliminal message in here. The other crawlers left the course in search of other pursuits. Hmm. Now, here's what I've really felt impressed to caution you with. 
this morning. It's number six on your study notes. In this race, generically referred to or called Christianity, we have to keep our eyes in the blank. I want you to put focus because when you, you hear eyes, I'm just not just talking about physical eyes or sight, physical sight. We're talking about focus. It involves much more than the physical eyes. We have to keep our focus on who, church? Jesus, in order to successfully complete the course laid out for us. In fact, verse 2 says, let us, read it with me, church, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix our eyes. It's talking about laser-like focus on Jesus. By the way, very similar to a baby. Beloved, we're going to cut in right there. We'll try to wrap this up next week, the Lord willing. But I just want to interject here. Who in the world would have ever thought that we would be uh, teaching you or preaching to you a message about diapers? But uh, here we are. The moral of the story was keeping your eyes on the prize. Let me ask you, as we, uh, as we get ready to... Uh, to go away tonight. Are you keeping your eyes on the prize? Have you been born again, spirit-filled? Have you become a follower of Christ? Now, I'm not just talking about being an attendee every now and then of some church worship celebration, but truly, have you been born again? Have you confessed your sins, repented of your sins, opened up your heart's door, and invited Christ to come in? And are you keeping your eyes on him. That would be my prayer for you. And I want to pray for you right now and encourage you, beloved, that if you haven't been born again, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you would will and purpose to make sure of that even before you pillow your head tonight. Father, I thank you for each one listening in, whether it's boy or girl, man or woman, whether it's uh, one that's engaged in the activities of the church or not, but I pray that by your word that you would speak to their hearts. Father, I pray that you would save people, that they would be born again, filled with your spirit, following after you all the days of their life. Lord, strengthen the body of Christ, those who have been born again. During these difficult days, strengthen them. We pray, we ask in Christ's name, amen and amen. Beloved, let me, uh, let me encourage you, if you've made a decision for Christ or the Lord's dealing with you about some particular issue and you would like to talk to someone about that or would like to have some more details about what the Bible teaches, there's some contact information on the screen there. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Give us a call and we'll try to follow through with that the best we can. If you're listening uh, online, we encourage you to uh, subscribe to our channel. That would be a big help to us. We really would appreciate that. We are so thankful for every person that's in this audience, whether it's the television audience or those that may listen through social media. We just uh, thank you for being there. We encourage you to pray for the program, and we encourage you to invite others to listen in. The time is of essence, of the essence in this day and age. I am Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church. I want to remind you before I get off of here tonight that we have a regular schedule of activities Sunday at 10 o'clock. 
our morning worship celebration, also Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock, something for nearly every member of the family. That could just be you. Trust you're going to have a great week. I want to remind you, beloved, that Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?